how do you completely change the career track that you are currently going down to a different track altogether? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is The Command Z Show. And welcome back to The Command Z Show. I know you've been waiting all week for the next episode to release, and here we are. And I have a special guest, but before we go there, Shelby, how's it going? It's going all right. We had thunder snow up here yesterday, which was which was weird, but I just narrowly beat it. I was uh, was in Sioux City yesterday and had to drive back up to Sioux Falls and beat the thunder snow, but that's how it's been going here. Thunder snow. <laughs> thunder snow. It's a cool band name. I know it's a great band name. I do like that band. <laughs> the thunder snow. It was it was stormy here this morning. Uh, it was weird. I had to send my kids off and, <laughs> and pouring down rain. I was like, go, come on, yourself. go. <laughs> like, I, I could literally see, like, this, their school from, like, our house. Well, if I got, like, on our roof, I probably could. But um, I'm like, just run as fast as you can. And then I look out there and they're, like, kicking each other. The umbrellas are in the grass and they're just messing around like they are gonna hate having wet socks all day long but not my problem not right now anyway we've uh we have a guest here and i've i've kept you waiting nils how's it going it's all good uh thanks for having me on the command z show matt and shelby yeah great to be here great to be with you guys oh yes you too um before i jump into this giant question uh you want to give a brief intro on on yourself what are you up to yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Nils Root, um, and I am in Columbus. I'm 34 years old. I uh, am the marketing partner at Drive Capital, which is a, a venture capital firm um, that is uh, the, the biggest firm between the coasts. We invest, we like to say, east of the Rockies, west of the Hudson. So non-typical uh, technology hubs like places like Columbus, obviously, Chicago, Atlanta, Toronto, Austin, um, you know, we're, we're not your typical Silicon Valley uh, or New York City VC firm. So it's a cool place to be. Um, I've, I'm in my fifth year here. Really enjoy it. I'm in charge of all things content uh, and PR. And uh, I, I got paired with Drive because uh, I had Drive as a client. For seven years, I had a content studio where I did mostly video, some podcast stuff. I was actually producing a podcast for Drive. Um, and that's how we met. I was looking for something new. Um, the grind of project-based work was was gnawing at me. <laughs> I was ready for something different, and Drive was ready to hire somebody to handle marketing. So it was perfect timing, and I joined Drive uh, at the start of 2019. Um, and then the only other thing that I would add is that uh, I am also a active creator myself, like you know, not work-related type stuff. Um, next week, next Monday, actually. Uh, which is just in a few days. It's crazy. It's a long time in the works. I'm launching a online course and community. It's called there Taking it Back Monday. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> Taking Back Monday, and it's all about um, helping people 
design and begin to pursue uh, their dream career. So it's it's for people who aren't happy with their current trajectory of, of work or their job or their career and um, helping them figure out what they want and then helping them go after it. So I'm, I'm super excited. That's a subject that I'm really passionate about and have been passionate about for a long time. So happy to talk about any of that with you. Yeah. Um, so I'm an open book. Nice. Uh, I, I appreciate it. So t- Taking Back Monday. Oh my God, such a good name for a band <laughs> yeah no uh that's that's really clever um that's uh seeing some of the videos that you've been posting over the last year um i i it's it's really exciting stuff to see you taking on this this idea of i mean what you said taking back monday this idea of like kind of career shifts and that is kind of what my big question revolves around are you ready okay here I'm we, ready. Here we go. Uh, the question is, how, d- I, again, this is a big question. We'll have to break this down in little parts probably. But how do you completely change the career track that you are currently going down to a different track altogether? Yeah, I, I have an answer. Let's hear it. So I think it, I think it depends on how far along you are in the process of knowing what you want to do next. Like it's one thing to say, I'm not happy in this current trajectory, this current career that I'm in and I know what I want to be doing. Okay. That's like uh, let's, let's talk about transition and how to make that work. It's a whole nother thing to say, I'm not happy doing this. And unfortunately I don't even know what I should be doing. I just know it ain't this. Right. And so I think it depends on where you are in that spectrum. Um, let's go to the kind of the, the, the tougher case, which is like, I just know I'm not happy in this current role and I don't know what I should be doing. I think it's, it's a matter of zooming way out and pretending that you have a magic wand in your hand. And it's a type of magic wand where, you know, it, it won't, you can't use it to create a fairy tale or, you know, do silly things. Like you can't use it to make yourself, you know, six foot six and 40 inch vertical. And all of a sudden you're LeBron James. Like it's not, that's not helpful or productive, but the type of magic wand where it's like, if things went my way, what type of career would I have? Like what specifics can I say that I want? Like, I do know that I want to um, work for myself. Then that's all I got. But I do know that. Or I do know that I want to work outside. Or I do know that I want to um, have a flexible schedule. Like whatever it is, let's start fleshing out what you do want and create some guardrails, some parameters that we can then take and then create a list of options that are out there that pair well with what you want. But the first step is definitely doing some internal discovery to figure out what you want. And I would say, and I'll stop here in a little bit. Um, I would, cause I could talk about this for a long <laughs> time. I would say our wants related to our career um, boil down to four different categories. I call them our SIBOs, S-I-B-O. And it's our strengths, our interests, the vibe of the work and the outcomes we want for our work. Like everything we want related to how we spend our time work related uh, is, is, can fall into one of those four buckets. And, you know, through that's part of the Taking Back Monday course is, you know, doing the introspection, answering the questions that relate to 
our strengths, our interests, the vibe and outcomes to understand what we want. And then you can make a list and start thinking about what, where you want to go. Once you know where you want to go, then it's just like kind of figuring out the blocking and tackling and making the transition, which is exciting too. Why, of, of all the things that you could take on yourself with the background that you have, why is this so important for you? Man, it's been important to me since I was 18 years old, which is like, what, 15 years ago? Um, so when I was a, a college freshman, I was at Ohio State and had an experience, I think, that a lot of us have at that age where it's like, what am I supposed to do? Like what I choose to study will affect what I do for 40 hours a week for 40 plus years of my life. Like, holy shit. And all I've done is gone to, you know, K through 12 school up until now. Like, and, and I was at Ohio State that had 250 plus majors to choose from. Right. Half of which I didn't even recognize. I didn't know. So, it, it, you know, there's this like challenge of of really figuring out what it is you want to do. And I felt that really early on. And I started making videos about it in college. I then made videos about it after college. Like I, I just could never escape this problem. If I were to go really uh, deep and psychoanalyze myself about why I care about this. And I've never shared this uh, like in a forum like this, but um I think I had this experience, you know how when you have experiences when you're young and they can like set you off in a certain direction for the rest of your life? Like, I mean, there's obviously experiences that can like really fuck you up for, for a long time. There's experiences that can like, you know, be very beneficial for a long time. Um, I'll, I'll label this as neutral, it just is what it is. Um, but I played football all growing up and I was absolutely obsessed. The problem was I'm, I'm short and slow and I didn't have that strong of an arm. Uh, I played quarterback. And I think when I graduated from high school, I took that experience and thought, you know what, the next thing that I devote myself to, I'm going to be well suited for. Like, I went to college at Ohio State again, and I was there when Terrell Pryor was there. Terrell Pryor is six foot four, runs a four four forty, and can throw it 70 yards. Like, he's the type of guy that is built for playing quarterback. Right. And I am, I, I should have been a wrestler. I was good at baseball. There's so many other things I should have devoted my energy to. And when it came time for me to pick a, a career or a vocation or whatever, I was like, I would really like to pick something that I'm well suited for. And I found it daunting because I was like, shit, I don't even know what these different majors, college majors or career options are. So that's, you know, that was the uh, impetus for me wanting to figure it out. And, and, you know, finding that I didn't know what I wanted, what my options were, was the impetus for me starting to make content and, and learn about how people go about choosing a, a career. And, and now that I'm 34, it's more about how do you go about changing careers? Because that's just where I am in my life. Right. It's interesting that you, you say, you know, you, you start talking about like from when you were younger and how there was this moment. Um, I'm not, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm bragging at all because I don't think it is. But for me, I'm like, I just said I played quarterback <laughs> in high school. So I, I already sound like an idiot. So go ahead. I, um, I, for me, like it was, it was, there was never anything else. There was never another option because I mean, so growing up near Cleveland, it was like, okay, well, you're going to go work in a factory somewhere. Like, choose the blue-collar job that you want. You can help with this plastics company. You can help with this metals company. Like, that was mm. basically it. That's what my brother, my dad, all family members, that's that's what it was. Um, 
So for me, I was like, what part of Cleveland are you from? Uh, so near Menor, you probably know Menor if you're into football, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I know Menor. A yeah. uh, little town called Perry, nuclear power plant. Got it. Uh, recently in the news because there was a bribe scandal. Uh, I'm not sure if you're Didn't familiar catch the with that. Bribe. No. <laughs> um, anyway, look that up. <laughs> um, I will. So for me, it was like, I just, I always thought that, that was like the path that I kind of had to go. Um, but like, it, it wasn't something that I was like particularly excited about. Like, I was just like, oh, okay, I do the school thing. And then after high school, I just pick one of these companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was only one thing that I was ever good at, and it was just making stuff. Um, like at first it was just drawing instead of writing essays for English class, I'm drawing pictures instead. I'll take those mm-hmm. D minuses that I got. That was, that was me. Um, and I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what, like just making videos for friends. Um, at, at one point or another, I was helping my brother make videos for like, he had this like motorcycle group that they would do wheelies down closed roads. I say closed roads, but they weren't closed. Um, right. and, uh, we basically, I would edit these videos for him and all of his friends, and then they would sell it. And these things would sell like all over Ohio. And I'm like, this is incredible. A 13, 14 year old is editing these things and nobody knows. <laughs> um, that's super cool. And so for me, I was like, that's the stuff that I loved. Like I was so excited to get back home from school so I can get to that stuff. But even, even through all that stuff, I was still just like, that sucks that this is going to be just a hobby. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You don't realize because your your exposure at that age was that those weren't actual job opportunities. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't grow up in a creative family. My mom is a speech therapist. My dad's actually a minister. Um, so like, I, when when my when one of my teachers told my mom I was good at art, she assumed my mom assumed that I was just well behaved. <laughs> like she didn't. Then the teacher would say, like we didn't even realize this until a few years later uh, when I started getting really into art that she was like, oh, she meant you were actually like talented at this stuff. And that's just like, it's an exposure thing. It's an expectation thing that parents have for their kids. It's nobody's fault. It's just is what it is. Um, And that's why it can be so beneficial to to get out of your hometown to travel. 100%. Just to get, just to increase your exposure. Now, granted, the internet now really helps kids with that. But the internet, that YouTube wasn't what it is today when you and I, um, were in high school back in the early 2000s. Right, right. And it, for me, it was, um, it didn't really become apparent to me that that was even an option until my mom's like, hey, I really want you to go to college. And I'm like, well, nobody I know has gone to college. No family member, nobody that I mm-hmm. even knew at that point. I mean, I had friends that were talking about going to college. This is 2004, 2005. Um, and I was like, you know what? If I had to choose one thing, I'm like, if there's one one thing that I would want to do in this world, it's to create things, to animate things, to make videos. Mm. Um, so for me, I'm like, I feel like that's where, like, maybe I'm a little bit of an outlier here where I'm like, I was, I mean, probably as young as 12 when I said that I wanted to be an animator when I grow up. And then once I got to be about like 16, 17, it was like, it's like, yeah, I, that's still me. Like, it's either that that's or amazing. I want to play baseball and I'm not playing baseball right now <laughs> right um, right right so I, I i can relate to the, the sports aspect of things for sure but um so for me it's 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 been this this path that was almost decided 
it felt like when I was super young and I haven't regretted a single moment of it. But other people that I know, that is just not the case at all. Like even people that pursue things that they think that they're going to like, they seem to run into these roadblocks at some point. Um, and then they're like, I, 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 maybe I don't want to do this, especially like during like those college years. I, I feel like that's, that's normal. Mm-hmm. That's natural. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Wh- I mean, what do you say to stuff like that? Um, something that I've come to observe over time is, and now I just trust it is that people are typically much less impressive than you think they are. And when you're first getting into something that's new, you think all these people who are farther down the path are so impressive that like, I'm not worthy of pursuing the same thing that they did, or I'll never get there. Um, I feel like the older I've, I, the older I get, the more I realize that like, nobody is inherently that impressive. They've just been doing it for longer. And if you realize that, then it's like, oh, the difference is just time. It's not that. I'm not enough or whatever. Now there's some things where like there's inherent like um, talent that you need, but most of the case by and large, we're all like pretty darn similar. And it's, we're a function of, of, of doing the work and through doing, you get better at it. So it's like, if, if there's a job out there that you would like, again, not the NBA, but like chances are, if you start doing that thing over time, you will uh, you know, be just as impressive as these other people that you see farther down the path. The other thing I think about uh, is this concept called Gates Law. And Gates Law is the idea that our brains are really bad at understanding time and, and productivity and planning. We tend to think that we can get way more done in, a sh- in the short term. Uh, you know, we make to-do lists for the week that are way too long. And we tend to really underestimate what we can accomplish in the medium and long term. So think like three months to, to a year. So when we see like how much we need to get done in order to be impressive in this job or career, we think, oh, we'll never get there because that would take that would take years. And it's like, actually, if you chipped away at this thing a little bit every day for three to six months, you would be like so far ahead right. of where you are today and you can't even comprehend it. And I think that prevents people from making the change is they think that this is a three-year endeavor. And that's really scary when it's actually a three to six-month endeavor to really get up to speed on this new world and and you know start to become native into this new career path. Right. I, I think it kind of almost works the opposite sometimes too, where some people are like, oh yeah, in five years I want to do this. <clears throat> and then they they almost procrastinate and kind of put things off where it's like, no, no, no. There's so many like little steps that you can take every single day. It could take 20 minutes, but mm-hmm. I don't know that stuff compounds over time for sure. Yeah. So this is something we talk about in the course. It's the slow burn versus the heavy lift. So the heavy lift is when, um, you know, it's, we, we've, we've all done it. When you got a test coming up, you're going to pull an all nighter and you're going to memorize all this stuff. And, you know, that, that, Or it's like cleaning your garage. That's a heavy lift. You're just going to knock it out all in one day or one weekend. For one-off projects, heavy lifts can be effective. But when you want to like learn a new skill, let's say I want to go from being a a salesman to a um, animator. I want to be like Matt. Um, Well, like if I were to try to do that in a weekend, that would not be effective. And that would leave me feeling pretty discouraged. 
Um, but if I did a slow burn approach where I did, let's say a half hour before work every day of learning um, whatever After Effects program or whatever the, the, the I should be doing, then give me two months and I'm, I'm like got some pretty good animating chops. And like, I think shifting your mentality from this normal thing of like, I need to brute force my way through it with a heavy lift and realizing, no, I just need to do a little bit every day and trust that three months from now, I'm going to be like transformed as far as like what I'm able to do. Right. And I, I just really want to hit that home with the people that take uh, the course because that's been my experience. That's how I built the course is writing every morning, put it, you know, editing every morning. Um, and I've really seen the benefits from it. And anybody who's done a big project has seen that. Like anybody who's lost a lot of weight, anybody who's written a book, they will tell you that it wasn't because they sat down and, and like, you know, did it all in a weekend. It's because they did a very little bit over a more long right. period. Yeah. Of time. It's, it's, it's having that discipline to do things, but there's also a confidence component to those things where, People that have done something and succeeded, uh, this is just a weird theory that I'm coming up with right now, but like, I feel like anybody that's done something and succeeded one time, they are much more likely to be able to keep on succeeding at things because... Completely agree. They, they're able to see, like, they're able to, well, one, trust. Like, okay, if I was to do, make progress on this thing all the time, let's see what happens. But then over the course of like two or three years, you're just like, oh my God, I win awards or did this thing. It's like... Oh, like now I, I see. So like, and, and I guess that's for me, I think that's kind of what happened where I just trusted that like, okay, as long as I put the time into this, I should be better. And then once I started to see actual progress being made, then you just double down, triple down on this thing. Cause you're like, now I know that like, it's going to work. And for me specifically, I've also applied that to other areas of my life as well. And you know, things like running, i I mean, for the last 15 years now, I think I've run at least a couple times every week. Um, not something I necessarily do for, like, physical health, but <laughs> it's just something I enjoy doing at this point. And um, it, for me, it's almost like practicing discipline. So, like, mm. I don't know. There's something there probably. But <laughs> No. I, I, well, I think that point is so spot on. And how I've thought about it is – so we're actually expecting our first, my wife and I, which is super awesome, exciting. Right? Congrats. So now I start to think about parenting stuff. And something that I've said to my wife that's important to me for our, our kid is, uh, and let me back up here, I studied uh, business finance in undergrad. Not to offend anybody, it's the lamest thing <laughs> you can possibly study. And... But after graduation, I got into video because I was making these videos about different careers and I taught myself video production and like got pretty good at it, mostly through YouTube, but also through meeting with people, sending emails, getting like, you know, just doing whatever it took to teach myself this craft. And through that experience and to your point, I now know I can teach myself anything. Right. I can teach myself to cook. I can teach myself an instrument. I can teach myself stand-up comedy, like we'll fix a car, whatever. And what I want for my kids and for other kids, other young people, is to have that experience of teaching yourself something because it's so empowering. You, I now know that I can go and learn something new. And you just need that one thing that you've done and kind of saw to completion that you taught yourself that you can hang your hat on to have the confidence 
to go and do it again and again and again. Right. Also, I need to apologize. I have a, I have a bit of a cold, so mm-hmm. I'm a bit nasally right now. No, Maybe you fine. can fix it in post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, shall we get on that? Um, I, yeah. The, the fact that you're, you're bringing up uh, kids into this, I think, is really interesting because it's, it's something I think about all the time. So my oldest right now is nine. <clears throat> I have nine, seven, and You got a little of a head three. start on me, man. A little bit, but it's... I'm I'm excited for you. Just all the little phases, right? But when I compare like parenting to kind of the general topic that we're talking about here, it's like this idea of like just completely changing paths. Like to me, that's what parenting kind of is. Because over time, they slowly develop like, I don't want to say bad habits, but just things that's just like, oh man, I'm just realizing now that like, this pattern we've created is, is killing us. Um, and then you're like, all right, well, let's try to change this. Let's adjust this. Let's like, it's tinkering. Right. Um, and every kid's different. So it's always like weird. Like each kid, each kid is their own business, right? <laughs> uh, but like their own like little machines. And you just, you have to figure out like how they work. And to me, like that's, that's one of the more fun parts about being a parent is, is learning how, God, this sounds so awful. <laughs> like learning how that machine works. Um, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I mean, I don't get it right now, but I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, but like, I, there, I don't know. There's so many things where, um, like, people are always like, "Oh God, like, get sleep now because you're never gonna get it again." It's like, listen, it's not that bad. <laughs> like, yeah, there's some nights where you're like, "Oh no," like I gotta wake up in the middle of the night and we gotta try to figure this out, but. I think for me and my wife is always about like trying to, again, like try to figure out what the patterns are and how do we adjust those things to save ourselves sometimes. Um, and like, yeah, I'm excited. When you, when, Not worried about it. Good. I mean, when you do things like, all right, like now we want them to like sleep in the crib all night rather than like in our bed with us, like things like that. And it's like the first time you do it, it's like, we did it. Like the, to me, there's like, there's so many of those like big accomplishments and I don't know. That's, it's great stuff. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I think another part, I guess, story from my life is, um, you know, unlike myself, uh, I, I think my parents, both of them have been, well, my, my mother has always been like hopping jobs. She's, she's never quite figuring out exactly what it is that she wants to do. She seems to enjoy so many things, which is probably where I get that from. Uh, but she seems happy doing that. Now, my dad, on the other hand, he worked at the same job for uh, from the time he was 18 to when he was 57, I want to say. Yeah. And when he was 57 at the same company, he was laid off from his job just a couple years wow. from retirement. He came into the situation where he's like, I never liked what I did anyway. Um. Mm. So to me, it was like a lot of people were feeling sorry for him, like, oh, no, like that sucks. And like it kind of does in a way. But in another way, I'm like, I was just excited for him, especially just like hearing from him. He's like, Mm -hmm. I I hated that. Like I wouldn't have left. Like I needed them to let me go. And Mm -hmm. because of that, we were able to take a month or two, just him and I just kind of talking through things like what what is it that you would like to do? And we started bringing up things like 3D printing. And I'm like, well, that's something that's 
like I d- didn't expect him to say anything like that, but I'm like, well, that's something that I could probably help with, with like some of my 3D skills. I'm like, that's something that we could do together. So um, we ended up, you know, at the age of 57, again, he's, he started a company. I mean, we, we've been doing this now for five years. It's not like this giant company at this point, but it's, it's his full-time job and he's having the time of his life, honestly, like being able to yeah. have the freedom to, I mean, just the freedom to make things that, and the freedom to uh, like for us to be able to create something and then him to be like, you know what, let's change the design. Let's do this because it's going to be better. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's who he is. So it's just, it's fun for me to, to see how a really scary situation can go into just one of, of hope and pleasure, I suppose. Yeah. And good for your dad adapting. I mean, I've never been a person who was born in the 1940s, 50s, or 60s, but there's clearly this difference between that generation and our generation, um, and now Gen Z, where we don't have this expectation or desire to stay at the same company doing the same thing, you know, from the time we graduate till the time we retire. Um, And maybe if I was born then, I would have that same desire. I don't know. But I, all I know is that sounds crazy. Um, and I'm impressed, frankly, that um, my parents, by and large, had a similar experience. Um, but they also enjoyed their job. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they would have done something different if they weren't that happy. I, it does make me sad to think that there are a decent number of folks um, who – have a negative experience doing something for 40 hours a week for so many years of their life. That, that really um, makes me uh, motivated to help folks. It really does. Right. And I, I think part of it, again, so this idea of making, making a career switch in your twenties and thirties, I feel like is a or complete, 40s. maybe I think that's, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's when things get a little bit different, though, is because those people, when they get into their 40s, 50s, and 60s, they've put in their 10,000 hours plus into something. And they are an expert in something. And I think that is what leads into that fear of, okay, don't don't start down another path here because you're already good at this thing. Yeah. What do you say to Sunk that? cost fallacy. Yeah. It, so what? You're, you're good at something you don't enjoy. Sorry. Uh, let's, let's start doing something you suck at, but enjoy. I think that would be a much better experience. And look, all we have, it's, it's easy to think of our lives as like, I am the oldest I've ever been. That's like our default, the way we frame our life. The other way to think about it is I'm the youngest I ever will be right now. Right. Like every second after this, I'm older than I am right now. So in a way I'm a baby. So it's like, let's stop thinking about how I need to do something based on what I've been doing. And let's start thinking about that. We actually have a clean slate right now. And if I was just born right now, yes, I'm born into these, this mortgage payment and I'm born into these relationships and stuff like I do. I'm not exactly a baby, but let's pretend like I'm on square one and let's lose this like notion that I need to be doing something just because I have been doing it. I just don't think um, that serves people. Right. You know, we get one go around and you're just going to let some decision you made when you were 22 years old 
dictate how you spend a good chunk of your time for the next 40 years, like uh, hard pass, right. like unless you enjoy it, then by all means. But if you're not enjoying it, I think it's really, and, and here, here's, here's, the, here's the thing. When you don't enjoy your career, people might not even know it. Like if I, if I were to put on a hundred pounds or if I were to just look incredibly tired or like my health was failing me, like people would check in on me. People would be like, Hey, let's, let's, let's figure this out. When you're not enjoying your career, people might not even know it, especially if you're a quiet person who doesn't want to like, you know, complain about it all the time. Um, and so it really is on us. It's one of those things that like nobody else is going to do it for us. It's on us individually to be proactive in changing our situations so that we find ourselves doing work that's more enjoyable. Right. There's there's kind of two two big quotes that I always go to. I say this like every other podcast. So I don't want to say this again. I'm going to. This is it. This is the last time. Shelby already knows where I'm going, don't I you? I know, I know. Uh, Alan Watts, you're under no obligation to be the person you were five minutes ago. I love it. Um, to me, that's, What's that's the other one. Uh, well, the other one is from, I haven't talked about this one. Uh, Jim Carrey commencement speech. He said, oh, yeah. um, he was talking about how his, his dad lost his job doing something that he hated and he was trying to pursue acting and he wasn't sure. And his dad basically told him like, Hey, you can, you can fail at something that you don't even like. So why not? do the thing that you at least enjoy. Mm, I like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and I think when we do things that are scary, like, you know, there's risk involved or we might fail them. I think by and large, when we're doing them, we're, in, we're like glad we're doing it. And when we're on the other side of it and we're looking back, we're like, man, I'm glad I did that. Even if it didn't work out perfectly, I but agree it typically completely. does. We're like, so glad we're almost like i wish i would have done that sooner and again i think we just need to develop this trust in the universe that like so many people have had these experiences where they say thank god i did that we need to trust that that will be a similar outcome for ourselves and that will give right. us the confidence to make those difficult decisions i think that's the thing is like people people don't do certain things because they're afraid of failure but if you ask them like if they do that thing and that failure happens as long as you kind of keep going, it, it it's not really a failure. I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, I, I guess I sort of see it like finance, the stock market. You only truly lose when you take your money out. Yeah, and life is iterative. Like I, I've been thinking about working on this problem. How do you find yourself in a career you enjoy for 15 years? And I have a lot of like what's the term I want to use skeletons, a lot of just projects that did not go well because right. I was figuring it out. And if I would have stopped there, you're right. That, that would have just been like a, huh, that didn't go well. But yeah. I kept moving forward and figuring out like projects that did work um, that were more suited to, to who I am. And I think I've really found it with taking back Monday. Um, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, just it's an iterative process. Um, life is an experiment. So you got to keep on getting those experiments in. Yeah. Shelby, go ahead. You've been quiet. Yeah. I I think this is really interesting. Um, I was, I was thinking a lot about there's, there's a thing that a lot of younger people are calling is the death of the career. Um, which I think is an interesting idea because a lot of younger people are, you know, saying, okay, you know, they say we have to have our little workshop period during our twenties. 
but then we just have to know everything that we're going to do. And we have our career and that's it. And we only do that thing for the rest of our lives. And I, yeah. I like this notion that, you know, when you do turn 57, there are other options. You can go other places. I, I think that's something that we've pushed back on a lot, especially with the older generations of you need to know exactly where you're going to be and you're going to stick with that company for the rest of your life. You're going to be completely loyal and that's all you're going to do forever, whether you like it or not. And I, I like this, this newer idea of, you know, you can be happy in this space for right now. You can do what you need to do. You can love what you're doing and maybe that'll change you know, 10 or 20 yeah. years down the line. And you have that ability to be able to change and, and grow and develop and have new interests and teach yourself things and, and find those new, those new paths. Yeah, totally. I, I, I uh, one way that it's talked about, um, is that the, the old way of thinking is that a career is a tunnel mm -hmm. and you just hop in and you're, you're along for the ride until you get spit out at the other end and you're retired. <laughs> and you dead. But <laughs> yeah, then you soon after die um w uh, the more accurate metaphor for career certainly in today today and age is that it's a series of dots and what you studied in college was a dot your first job was a dot changing companies was a dot and we can the tough part about this is you can look backwards and see all the dots that got you to where you are today they're connected in various and, and weird and interesting ways the difficult part is, and this is it's, uh, different from a tunnel, is that you can't look forward and see how your dots will connect because the world is just too dynamic of a place to see, oh, I'll, I'll hop here, then hop here, then hop here, and then I'll be working for this company in this role in this city in 12 years. Like, uh-uh, uh, you, can, you, can, you can write that down and that might be a helpful exercise in envisioning what you want to do, whatever. But like, it's just never going to go to plan like that. Um, so I think just realizing that like we're all standing on these dots and all we need to figure out is what next dot would I enjoy, get there, enjoy it, progress through it, get to another dot. And as long as we're enjoying this process of progressing down our path in a, in a way that is productive, um, it serves us, we enjoy it more dots will continue to reveal themselves to us. And eventually one of those dots will be your dream job. And you can stay there for 15 years if it, if it serves you. Um, make a ton of money or whatever the case may be. And I, I just think it's, it's this kind of episodic chapter by chapter, dot by dot experience that is a career, not the traditional sense that we are gotta make one decision when we're 22 and we're done till we retire. I feel like you just accurately described the difference between checkers and chess. <laughs> you know, it, I, I am the rook to your knight, whatever, whatever makes sense. Um, like, it is interesting, though. Like, you can have this big goal, um, but it's it's tough to figure out. I don't know. Like, it's it's easy to have, like, the big goal that you have at a certain point. But what's really hard to do is to figure out, even if you know what you want to do, how, what, what dots do you jump to to be able to get to that thing that you ultimately want? Um, so, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on what, what do you tell somebody that, that knows exactly what they want, but they just don't know how to get there? 
Yeah, so I, I would call that a, a desirable dot that you have out in the future. I want to I want to have a Netflix special for my stand up comedy. I want to be a New York Times bestseller. I want to et cetera, et cetera. Um, great. We don't quite know exactly how it's going to unfold, but we can probably develop a sense of what's hard about getting from here to there. Like if you want to if you want to be a New York Times bestseller. The, what is the hard part? The hard part is going, going to be developing a habit in, um, where you write every day. If you want to be a photographer for National Geographic, the hard part is going to be taking thousands and thousands of photos and networking with the, the right people so that you're in a position uh, with the right talents to have a job like that. Like, let's not get caught up on the dot by dot uh, path that we're about to take, like, because again, that's difficult to figure out. Let's have that desirable dot. I think that's helpful. I think that serves us. But let's think about what's what habits we need to develop over time. What slow burn we need to be working on that will, if the universe conspires in our favor, will uh, help us get to that to that place that we want. And who knows? Maybe as we start developing um, these skills and moving down this path. We realize, oh, I don't want to be a photographer for National Geographic. I would much rather be a photographer for People Magazine, whatever. Like, you know, your your wants and desires will evolve, but you will be all the while developing this valuable skill that will serve you, you know, for whatever, however your, um, you know, path pivots. Right. So now what do you say to people that... Um... I guess are often perceived as unfocused uh, people that know that they want something else. They keep trying different things, but nothing seems to be working for them. Mm, this is a good question. Thanks. Cause it's tough. It's tough. Like, sh should I, should I, should I persevere through this dip right. that I'm in or should I, or should I quit and move right. on to something else? Right. I think that's a, that's a gut decision that somebody needs to make on their own I think it's this is when it's really valuable to have persevered through something in the past that you can relate your experience to. And that I think if you've if you've persevered through something, then you can kind of tell if something or you might have a better sense of if something's worth persevering through this time or if it's worth cutting bait and getting out. Um, so it's difficult. I would say it's a case by case basis. I would say it depends on how bad you want something. Um, but there's definitely a time to, you know, suck it up and persevere. And there's definitely a time to quit. So, you right. know, I, I think it's we would need to know more information about a, a person's situation. Right. I, I think even for for me with like side projects, I, I've always have some kind of side project going on. And that's that's the thing for me that's always tough uh, is if you find early success in something, you're like, OK, maybe this is the thing. And then it's like, all right, let's let's keep going down down this path here. Let's see where it takes you. And then all of a sudden it's like, I guess, for instance, whenever I started making Midwest, the first event was like, okay, this is going pretty well. Uh, second one, I think, was also like, okay, we went from like 15 to like 16 people. But then the third event was like nine people. And I'm like, mm. so is the world telling me that we don't need this and I should just mm. probably stop? Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me at that time, my, my default is persevere, which I'm not saying is necessarily a good thing. Um, but <laughs> it, it could be dangerous. Um, 
but luckily I did. You're, like, you're glad you persevered. I, 100% you're, I am because right. yeah, that we built it to the next event after that had 30 people. Then we got up to turn it into an annual conference, had 250 people at it three years in a row. Um, stopped doing it because of COVID. But um, to me, I was like, that was, yeah. Like if I, looking back on it now, I'm like if I was to stop right there, that would have been horrible. Like I would, I would have mm-hmm. never known like all the mm-hmm. good that that would have brought to my life. Not, I mean, not just career wise, but just relationships and ideas, you know? So like mm-hmm. there, there's so much there that would have been lost. And um, yeah. I, I think what really helps in these situations and it, it and it's a good barometer is if you enjoyed doing the thing, putting on the event, meeting with the people, even when it was nine people, I think that will really help you. It'll, it's a good tell to keep going. Right. If, if you loathed these events and they weren't producing as much as you want, then it's like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Right. Um, and that's, I, I, you see so many people who the reason why they are successful, I mean, you can look at Marquez Brownlee, MKBHD on YouTube. Um, you can look at pretty much every popular podcast, um, writers, every, almost everybody. They persevered. They kept doing it because they enjoyed doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's this inherent competitive advantage that you have and why we need to find work that we enjoy because it is going to – you are going to face adversity. It is going to be a – you know. Uh, not go as well as you want. It's going to be a pain in the ass. The people who are able to continue to do it until you get on the other side of that and all of a sudden you've developed this audience that's very valuable and a lot of fun and all that stuff is the people are the people who were who just kept doing it because they enjoyed it. You know, don't don't set out to be a, a big time YouTuber if you don't want to make a thousand videos while nobody gives a shit about you. Right, right. Like that is, I, I think, a pattern that I've seen time and time again and, and why I think it's really important that we set out to um, go down a path that we enjoy rather than get caught up on a destination that we covet because if we don't enjoy the journey, it's going to suck on the way there and there's a good chance we don't even make it because other people are trying to get there too and they're flying down the path because they love it. Right. I mean, that's that's a conversation that that I have about our podcast. So mm-hmm. Command Z Show, we've been, mm. I don't know, 40 something episodes at this point. We're a bit oh, over, awesome. over a year in. And for the most part, I've gotten to the point where I don't even check. I Maybe I check analytics like once every couple of months or something because like I'm curious. But I'm like, I, I'm on this ride. I don't really care if nobody's listening at this point. Like it's, I love it. I, I do. I enjoy it. Maybe it's because Shelby does all the editing here. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Just to be able to get people together, have some deep, meaningful conversations. Um, I don't know. Like I, I always, I every time I like had lunch with somebody or get a coffee, I'm like, man, I wish that was recorded. Like that was that was a great conversation. And I'm like. Great. Mm-hmm. So like now we're doing that. I'm like I I love it. I I mm-hmm. if I could choose to just do this all day long, I mean maybe I would, but probably add that to one of the many things that I also do. But um, I just I don't know. I, I I love that idea of just keeping going, even though like again we don't have millions of subscribers or anything like that. But maybe one day I don't I don't know. 
I'm not really too concerned about it, honestly. Yeah, and it, it goes back to the, the Jim Carrey quote that you referenced earlier, which is like, hey, you can bang your head against the wall um, trying to do something that you don't enjoy. Might as well try and do something that you do enjoy and enjoy the process. Right. All right, let's go around and do some final thoughts here. Uh, Shelby, you want to go first? Yeah, I know I've been a little a little quiet through this, but I just um, I, I appreciate this discussion because it's it's so much more hopeful than I think a lot of the discussions right now, especially with you know any recession talk or anything like this. It's um, mm-hmm. it's a very hopeful discussion because it allows people to you know they say your twenties are your workshopping period, but I think your whole life is your workshopping period. You're allowed to change okay. at all times. You are always evolving. You're always learning. And th- these type of conversations allow people to be able to do those things and give them hope and give them the ability to, um, you know, be able to change when they want to. And yeah. I think that, I think, especially now, I think that's people, that's what people really want. So, no, I think this was, this was great. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And I, I think, it gives the word I was thinking of is like permission. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to change. Um, now there's a weird thing that happens when you say, I want to do something different. Like it can be a little bit of a assault on other people's identity. Let's say I want to quit this job because I don't like it. Well, your friends who have the same job at the same, same company, it's, it's a little bit like, well, who do you think you are? You know, maybe not, maybe everybody would be so supportive, but like, that's a risk that you, or or a challenge that people face when they want to do something different. It's kind of like when you take a break from drinking or something and your drinking buddy is going to be like, what do you mean you're not drinking? (laughs) What does that say about me? I'm still drinking. You know what I mean? Like, like I think conversations like these normalizing, doing things that are different from what we've been doing are important so that people feel the permission. They're not crazy. A lot of people change careers, um, and and you know most people do not regret it. Yeah, you guys basically stole all, everything that I was going to say. But good, that's what I was trying to do. <laughs> What's he I say? stole. I stole your snow thunder or whatever. <laughs> snow thunder. <laughs> I uh, I guess what I'll say is watching this kind of firsthand. Um, even as you get a little bit older, there's definitely no point where you're too old to to make a change for something. I'm certainly not going to say that it's an easy thing to just completely change careers. Again, even if you're well into your fifties, I still think it's totally possible. Um, people are going to, there's going to be people around you that think you're crazy. And I think it's important to understand that and before you go into anything like this, before you seek the support that you need to do something, people will think you're crazy. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, so I just, I don't know, I guess that's all I want to say. It's just, it's it's not a bad thing to have other people around you that think you're crazy. Yes, find the people that will support you. Uh, people can think you're crazy and still support you at the same time. That's great. But Yeah, and you also don't need to tell people right away. Right. Like, yeah. There, I, I don't know who said it, but um, somebody once said, don't tell people an idea that you have who can't help you with that idea. And that can go for yeah. your spouse. You know, like that can be your parent. Like if, if you think they're going to bring some negative or just lame ass energy 
to this new thing that you're excited about, keep it a secret for a little bit. Do some work on your own, just between you and yourself, and maybe show them or tell them what you've been working on after you've made some progress. And maybe they won't freak out as much because they'll see you're serious about it or you know be impressed by what you've done so far. Right. Um, so yeah, like people can respond negatively. So maybe don't give them the chance to respond. Um, now, if you're just going to quit your job, it's hard to keep that a secret. Right. Um, but that might just be a, a challenge you need to face because you don't have a choice. Right. And I, this is probably going to lengthen us a little bit here, but so many people think that <clears throat> I think that they do think that they have to completely cut off from the old life in order to start the new one. And I don't think that that's true at all. Like, okay, if you, however old you are, let's say you're 45 and you decide like, Hey, I don't like this corporate banking job I have anymore. I want to be a writer. There are the people out there that will say, I got to quit my job. I'm a writer now. Um, mm-hmm. they, they feel like there needs to be that clean break, but it's like, no, 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 there isn't. You can still progress with this thing while still keeping this other thing going to make it more of a safer transition. We'll call it. Yeah. I think what, the reality is, is we often need to overlap what's right. next with what's now. And in a perfect world, we would, it would just, it'd be as easy as, you know, changing your major in college, but right. that's just not how it works because we work for money. Right. And, you know, some, the nice thing is you can, the second you say, okay, I'm a corporate banker and I want to become a writer, like you said, all right. The nice thing about that is, my corporate banking job is now completely reframed. This is now funding my R&D or my first novel, whatever. And so I don't hate my job because this isn't my career anymore. This is now this thing that earns money that allows me to do this thing that I'm really excited about. And eventually you'll reach the point where you think you can like make the jump of the chasm of going from what's now to what's next. Um, But yeah, there's, there's usually time of overlap unless you're like super wealthy and can afford to just not have income right. for a while. Yeah, save up enough money. Take that. <laughs> just I'm done. That's true. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Nils, I appreciate you being on here. Um, I just, again, all, all the videos and stuff like that, that you're posting out there. Like I, I encourage people to go, go find you on LinkedIn, especially, but where else can they find you? Uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, um, takingbackmonday.com Taking back is, is the site for the course. But yeah, fortunately I have a weird name, so I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah. I, did you buy the domain name before you had the idea? <laughs> is this something where you're like, wow, I've had this domain mm. name for so many years, bro. <laughs> I had, I, I, I came up with that name. I was going to call it career camp and I uh-huh. just never liked that name. It sounded juvenile, okay. vanilla, lame, corporate. I didn't like it. Right. And then I came up with Taking Back Monday, and I was like, that's it. And that .com will definitely be available. That's so random. The .com was not available. So it's the only .com that I've ever bought for more than the base $10. $10. <laughs> right. It, it, the guy who owned it, if he would have asked for $1 higher, I would have said, Go F yourself. But he <laughs> got me for all I would have spent on that thing. And, and that was the first real crossroads where it's like, right. how serious am I about this? Right. I'm like, I'm about to spend this on this.com. And 
yeah, maybe it doesn't matter. I could have just done the .co, but I was like, I want the .com. No. I'm serious about it. Let's go. No, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I, I haven't done that yet, but I've gotten mm. pretty close a couple of times. It's mostly just weird communication issues where I'm like, just give me the damn thing. You're not going to do anything with it. Mm. <laughs> but, all right, man. So I appreciate it. And uh, that's uh, that's all we have here for everybody still listening. Thanks so much. And love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. The Command Z Show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.